Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. It's now less than two weeks until the German elections. The pundits say that Chancellor Angela Merkel is on course for a third term in office. But are they right? And what issues are preoccupying voters in Germany, the fourth largest economy in the world? Joining me on the studio here in London is Fred Studeman, our comment editor, and on the line from Germany is Michael Steen, one of our correspondents there. Fred, everybody seems to assume that uh, Chancellor Merkel will emerge with a third term in office. Is it that simple? Not quite. I mean, as you said, not just the pundits, but also the polls are pointing to a third Merkel victory. But actually, the whole nature of the German electoral system, in which every vote does count in a proportional system, and there is this added sort of feature of, you know, having a threshold for parliamentary representation, that does create the possibility, depending on how smaller parties perform, that Merkel could actually find herself outgunned. It's unlikely because one of the ways that probably would have to happen is an alliance of the opposition Social Democrats, the Greens, that's happened before they've been in government together, with the support either sort of in in a sort of tacit or more overt sense of the far left party, the Linker. And that's sort of It used to be the third rail of German politics. It's still seen as a a bit of a red line as to whether you go into national government with the support of the linker. So that only real alternative to Merkel is this red-red-green coalition, which you're saying is unlikely. And and even if uh, the electoral arithmetic doesn't quite work out for the Chancellor, I mean, as you say, the polls still show her as easily the most popular politician in Germany. So what's the secret of her success? Is it simply that the economy is good? It's possibly a bit of that, though the Germans never underestimate their ability to feel a lot of angst about their current situation. And while people outside Germany are always sort of saying, there they are, the richest economy, they've got it good, they're living sort of land, milk and honey, you go to Germany and everyone's complaining and saying sort of things are really tight and uh, tomorrow could be a very bad day indeed. So, you know, you better wrap up warm. I mean, I think beyond that, actually, one of Merkel's key assets is and has been for quite a while there is a sort of level of popular trust in her. There's a sense she's a known quantity. She's seen as being quite sort of sound and stable, uh, predictable. And that chimes with, I think, what a lot of the German voters want. Michael, from within Germany, following the campaign, what have been the major themes? Well, there's been a little bit of everything. There has been discussion on the Eurozone and the likelihood of another Greek bailout. There's also a lot of debate about uh, social justice, places uh, in kindergartens, infrastructure spending is enough being done on the upkeep of the Autobahn, and I'm, I'm standing right next to one now uh, in case that's carrying on the phone line, and some silliness as well um, involving the Greens talking about the need to have a veggie day in state canteens once a week. To add to Freddie's point on Merkel's secret of her successes, I think actually one might add to that is one of the things that makes her a brilliant politician is she manages to draw the venom from any issue that is a challenge to her just by taking a little bit of it and adopting it. 
So if you look at all of these issues, the reason I think that a lot of them aren't actually that divisive is because no sooner has one party proposed something than uh, Miss Merkel comes along and says, well, yes, we're going to do something that sounds jolly similar. A good example of this would be the left of centre SPD with their pledge for a national minimum wage, which doesn't exist in Germany, to which Ms. Merkel replied, well, we're going to have these industry-set minimum wages or minimum points at which people can be paid. It's not quite the same as what the SPD was proposing, but it's close enough so that to a lot of voters it looks like, oh, that sounds fair enough, maybe we're safer off where we are. And what's been the tone of the debate? Because they had a big television debate in the US when they have these things, they can be pretty confrontational. My impression, sort of looking at the photos and reading the accounts, were that this was a more collegiate affair and that Merkel, in line with that low-key tone that you mentioned, didn't particularly go for the throat of her main challenger, Per Steinbrook, the leader of the SPD. Yes, absolutely. It was billed as a TV duel, and actually it wasn't. Both the SPD leader and and Merkel were standing next to each other, not opposite each other, faced by four moderators from different channels. And I think also that Mr Steinbrook is is not the sort to necessarily go on a strong attack either. So it did end up being a slightly collegiate affair with no huge points won, particularly on either side, to the extent that the mass market built Zeitung declared that Stefan Raab was the winner, and he was the only of the four moderators who wasn't a journalist, but is a popular TV personality. And Fred, there's obviously a lot of interest outside Germany in this election, particularly in the Eurozone, where some of the southern European countries feel that they've been put under undue German pressure on issues like austerity and so on, and are hoping that perhaps if Mrs Merkel comes back, having won the election, there'll be a change of direction in German policy towards Europe. Is that likely? Well, I think this is the big question. I mean, people like you yourself have written about it. I mean, in a way, Europe has sort of been on hold for several months, hasn't it? That everyone sort of thought once uh, we get to the 23rd of September, then we'll see the big shift on, you know, issues like banking union and other aspects of the Eurozone. Personally, I think there is some scope for a shift, but it will not be as dramatic as some of the outside pundits are expecting, partly because of the position Ms Merkel, should she be re-elected, as we expect, will probably find herself in. I mean, it's all basically to simplify, and Mike may disagree or or, or want to elaborate. You know, does she continue in the present coalition arrangement with the small pro-market liberal free democrats if so she will then face an upper house of parliament which will be dominated by the opposition who will want to sort of exert their power and they've done this in the past where they block things or delay things and they have the capability to do so or does she because the numbers don't work enter into a grand coalition with the social democrats i mean the nature of such an operation is that there would have to be some change in which case she may not you know be able to do what we think she might want to do And Michael, I mean, certainly the tone of the campaign has been very much that Mrs. Merkel remains the protector of the German taxpayer, that she's not planning any big shift in European policy. So if she were to become slightly laxer in the way the Southern Europeans hope, that would be a bit of a reversal from at least the messages she's sending out. Uh, Yes, I agree. I mean, it's hard to see her suddenly backtracking on a lot of what she said, and I totally agree with what Fred just said. I suppose the consolation where she might be forced to be a little bit more forgiving would be in a coalition with the SPD, who are generally seen as a bit softer on this issue. Although it must be said they're not terribly soft on it either. And in fact, they're the ones who've been trying to drum up the Eurozone as a campaign subject and pounced on Wolfgang Schäuble, the finance minister, when he first uh, admitted what to everyone is obvious that, that Greece will need more help, but tried to then treat that as a subject worth talking about how the current government had mismanaged the crisis. 
Does uh, that charge stick at all, or is one of the reasons that Mrs. Merkel looks like she's she's well ahead the fact that Germans sort of grudgingly give her a certain amount of credit for managing the Euro crisis? I, I think that's it. I think they've seen what's happened, and they there is a small new party called the Alternative to Germany that's not in Parliament, and it, there's some speculation about whether or not it can muster enough votes to cross the 5% threshold. And they're the only outright Eurosceptic party, and they've been trying to uh, make a big case for feeding on that German angst and saying, look, you've paid all this money to the Greeks and the other countries that have been bailed out. Now, of course, none of that's actually true. What they've done is they've put down a lot of guarantees that may or may not come back and may or may not crystallise into money that the Germans actually spent. But so far, of course, they haven't spent anything. And I think most voters, you know, look at Ms. Ms. Merkel's negotiations over the Eurozone and the handling of the crisis. I think actually it's been OK. We're very worried about it, but it's hard to point to a single failure she's made. And Fred, this election, or at least the latter stages of it, are taking place against the backdrop of major international crisis over Syria, a crisis that has made uh, sort of convulsed politics in London, in Paris, in Washington, in Moscow, but not apparently in Berlin. The Germans seem to be bystanders to this. Is that fair? I think it is to to a degree. I mean, it's not that they're they're uninterested or even indeed disinterested, but they. Um, I, I think particularly in the election campaign, no one wants to uh, go on the stump on this issue. I mean, famously, foreign affairs don't often feature uh, big in election campaigns, though there was the noted exception of Gerhard Schroeder's campaign over a decade ago where he put brought Iraq into it. I think on Syria, Germany doesn't have as strong a sort of voice or interest in that particular crisis as, say, Britain and France, who have long historic links to that story, or, or indeed, obviously, the US or, or Russia. And I think just generally where Germany is on the sort of international stage, I mean, we saw what happened a few years back in the decision over uh, Libya, where it abstained at the, at the UN Security Council. There is a general sort of if you want to be critical, a sense that sort of Germany is sort of reluctant to play a bigger role on the international stage that might be commensurate with its economic power. And I think that there is something in that. One thing that does strike me, however, is that we are, as you said at the, at the beginning, less than two weeks away from a, a general election. And I'm not sure in other countries, like even the US um, and the UK, whether such a short time before an election, whether um, any politician would really want to stake their election on a, a foreign policy decision. And of course, the other factor at play in Germany is they are constitutionally bound not to get involved in military interventions. And I think that all of that explains a lot of the consensus on the subject. And as Fred says, it is being discussed. I mean, it is leading the news here. So it's not that the Germans are completely ignoring Syria, I would say. And yet, finally, Fred, if Mrs. Merkel wins a third term, she will emerge as one of the dominant political figures on the global stage, really, because she'll, she'll have an incredible record of political and economic success. Sure, and uh, but you'll also recognise the phenomenon that, 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 that she'll be then probably an even more enhanced global figure, but already, and I mean, Mike would know more about this than I do, but um, already when you speak to people in the German political scene, they almost say that's when the clock is going to start ticking of the undermining of her power base within Germany. There's a lot of pent-up... Um, not animosity, but dissatisfaction within the Christian Democrat and the white. I mean, there are ambitious people who, who yeah, who, who will, will feel she's you know she's been a great leader. She's won three elections, but now she's got rid of a lot of rivals. That's left, left 
a lot of people unhappy. Not everyone is happy with the policy program she's put together. The one Mike described, this sort of almost aspects of triangulation of where you sort of borrow other um, other people's policies. A lot of dissatisfaction among conservative Germans that she's sort of sold them out a bit. And I think I, it wouldn't happen immediately, but it would maybe be the start of a sort of slow burning process where you know you would see over time perhaps within the next parliament a challenger emerge or or indeed actually whether she's wise and smart enough to determine her own exit so fred studeman even as mrs merkel seems on the brink of her third victory you're preparing us for her exit thank you very much indeed for joining us here in the studio in london thanks also to michael steen by the side of the autobahn in germany that's it for this week until next week goodbye for more downloads go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.